millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, Australia's fresh off a series sweep in the Dead Old ODI series against England. Three matches played and three matches won. It was a comprehensive victory for the Aussies over the T20 World Cup champions and the ODI World Cup champions. But what does it all mean for the summer ahead? My name is Josh Shonafinger and I'm joined today by Adam Burnett, who's uh, another one of my colleagues at cricket.com.au. AB, welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Thanks very much, Josh. Good to be here. What did you make of the uh, Dead All ODI series? Australia, obviously, three wins in a row. Some impressive performances. Travis Head, David Warner, Adam Zampa, just to name a few. What were your major takeouts from the series? Well, it's hard not to think immediately about that huge partnership uh, in the third match, isn't it? Uh, Travis Head and, and David Warner were outstanding as they were throughout the series. Travis Head, it was a big one for him. I guess it was a series where... Perhaps uh, there wasn't a whole lot of meaning placed on it fresh off the T20 World Cup, which held so much significance. But for Travis Head, it was a real opportunity to bed down a spot and he seems to have done that pretty emphatically, I think. Yeah, well, Australia needed to find another open, didn't they, in the wake of Aaron Finch's retirement. And Head, who had done it a bit in the past when Finch had been injured, um, now averages close to 50 as an Australian ODI opener and that's an incredible start to his career. Well, not, not so much his career, but his role in that side. Yeah, he went into the series, I think, with already good numbers, didn't he? And um, I think he would be doing that at a pretty impressive rate as well, making um, Warner look almost pedestrian yesterday, which is, is no mean feat. He was outstanding, and as you mentioned at the top there, um, the unsung hero of this series for Australia was definitely Adam Zampa, who it, he can't put a foot wrong in one-day cricket or T20 cricket at the moment. He's just um, super consistent and... Yeah, just seems to keep getting better. Before we jump off the series, Adam Zampa has also mentioned perhaps a return to the Shield side for New South Wales with an eye to the India tour next year. Thoughts on that? Is he a chance to sneak into that squad? It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I did find that, um, yeah, surprising. I guess we haven't seen him feature in uh, first-class cricket for nigh on three years. So who knows? Who knows what the selectors are thinking for that India tour? Um they, oft, they do talk about big turning leggies not necessarily having a lot of success on the subcontinental pitches. So maybe a, a quicker, flatter um, spinner of Zampazilk, he, he might be the wrist spinner thereafter. But yeah, I guess there would be long, hard days for spinners. Um, Zampa would want to make sure he's had some kind of preparation other than the, than the white ball stuff. It's going to be a very interesting build-up to that tour, which is going to be highly anticipated. There's no doubt about that. So in the first ODI, Australia won by six wickets. Uh, there was the top order that fired there. David Warner, 86. Travis Head, 69. And Steve Smith, 80 not out. He said, I'm back, baby, in the middle of that innings. He played some spectacular shots. And it was an interesting return to form because, I mean, he said it's the best he's felt in six years. 
But he has played some good cricket in that six years, I would say. He has indeed. Um, yeah, the 2019 Ashes comes immediately to mind, amongst other things. I think he scored, what, 260 ball uh, one-day hundreds in a couple of days at one point there. So plenty to choose from for Steve Smith in terms of his best cricket. Uh, but, yeah, I guess the big talking point for Smith was the, the technical changes that he's made that he highlighted uh, mid-innings at one point through that series. So, yeah, he's, again, he's always very watchable um, for various reasons. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the tests. I think it might be a, a very big summer for, for Smith. As we know, we've had the privilege of watching a lot of Australia training in Smith and also his mate Manus Labuschagne spend more time facing balls than anyone else probably in the world, I would say. So it's no surprise that he's so adaptable and prepared to change his technique, I suppose, and the results are already showing. Yeah, uh, he, he wouldn't have done it on a whim, I think. Um, we certainly would have seen uh, Smith p- plugging away for hours on end in the nets um, at, with the new technique as he revised it. And, yeah, the results um, showed in this one-day series, didn't they? And... He's got a test match in a week's time and uh, away he goes. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting. He's probably, by his standards, hasn't had the best couple of years, um, but he's certainly still young enough and good enough to um, to get it done this summer, I reckon. I'm sure the Ashes next winter will also be high on his list to tick that off as a win. Uh, in the second ODI in Sydney, Josh Hazelwood captained Australia for the first time in quite... Spectacular scenes, really. Pat Cummins was out after just one match. Managed. He's got a big summer coming up, so we can understand why that workload gets managed. Australia won that by 72 runs. Uh, Steve Smith got runs there as well, 94. Just fell short of a century. And then Mitchell Stark produced an early contender for ball of the summer to clean bowl. David Milan, he took four wickets. And then Adam Zampa again, another four wickets in that comprehensive win. Yes, uh, and Hoff as skipper. How good. I think there was plenty around Australia who were excited to see that. Pat Cummins handball, uh, the captaincy <laughs> off to his fast bowling buddy there, which, um, yeah, he's a very likeable character, Josh Hazelwood, and I, I think uh, probably commands more respect than you actually realise within that group as well. Fantastic bowler across all formats these days. And, yeah, it was nice to see him get a captaincy gig. I almost feel as though missing test matches this year and the like he's almost been a little bit uh, unfortunate in some regards so it was a nice um, nice way to reward him pretty incredible we asked him after the game you know how much captaincy experience he actually had and other than being vice captain and these sorts of things around the leadership group of the team he hadn't captained a side since school cricket which is over t- 10 15 years ago bendemir under 12s or something <laughs> like that yeah i can imagine he would have been calling the shots he was probably six foot two <laughs> when he was 12 anyway so he would have um cut an imposing figure for the third game however pat cummins returned to the side and so took up the captaincy again and australia won by 221 runs after the duckworth lewis system which is England's largest ever loss in the format which is a pretty incredible record Travis Head 152 David Warner 106 and then Adam Zampa finished off the game with another four wickets including um, a very close chance at a hat trick convincing was the word wasn't it comprehensive uh, it was a, a very strong performance from the Aussies um, England probably not at their best um, certainly uh, understandable in a sense, given they were coming straight off the back of that T20 World Cup win. I imagine um, Coach Matthew Mott would have been as motivated as any of that English squad. 
he was probably pretty disappointed with the way this series has panned out. But, um, yeah, they'll be on a plane and on to their next tour now, which I think they're off to Pakistan soon. So how much do we actually read into this series win for Australia then? I mean, they're coming up against the world champions who have most of their first-choice players in this squad but have just a couple of days earlier won the T20 World Cup and are probably still in party mode. Or is it an Australian side with a new opener and a new captain hitting their straps with a World Cup just about 12 months away? Good question, Josh. I think as we look 12 months out from the next World Cup, um, the conditions are going to be very different. I don't think Australia's middle order was probably tested as much as perhaps Andrew McDonald would have liked. Um, didn't, you know, it was a bulk of runs scored from the opening pair, as we said. So that was probably the big win was the Travis Head outcome. Um, but I think there's still, still some tinkering to do with that middle order, do you think? Yeah, I think there's definitely still some room to move and it's going to rely a lot on the fitness of the likes of Marcus Stoinis and Mitch Marsh who over the last little bit have had you know, their injury troubles. And so just keeping those guys on the park, A for one, and then also finding out if the likes of you know, Ashton Agar, Manus Labuschagne, Alex Carey can establish themselves in this side because um, they've had some good performances in the past but we just haven't seen them in recent times, I'd say. Cameron Green's the other one too. I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a puzzle there to, to still fix for, or to solve for the Aussies. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they've got a ton of one-day cricket in the next um, 12 months either. So, yeah, that's a juggle for them to work out and we know that um, the conditions over there in India will be very different to what they've just experienced in Australia. Um, so they might be relying on some strong IPL performances for guys to get over the line or, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but it's a pleasant problem to have. I think most of those guys will be putting their hands up and, uh, yeah, there's certainly some quality players there. So as we look ahead to the test series, we'll have a more in-depth preview next week ahead of that first test against the West Indies starting in Perth on November 30. Today, Wednesday, November 23, the PMs 11 are taking on the West Indies in a day-night, four-day match, pink ball will be used and the PMs 11 have effectively the Australia A side in. So that's going to be one to watch. Of course, you can catch all the action on cricket.com.au, the CA Live app. I believe it's also on KO. So if you want to see who's next in line for the Aussies and who Australia will be coming up against in the test series in the West Indies, that's where you'll catch all that action over the next four days. So definitely check that out. Any Anyone you're particularly looking forward to there? Maybe Tagnarayan Shandapal? Yeah, Shandapal Jr., as I prefer to call him. <laughs> so I can avoid saying, attempting to pronounce his first name. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to actually seeing some of these Australian players. Uh, there's some informed bowlers there, particularly the Queensland pair, Steckity and Nessa. Um, they'll probably enjoy having the, the pink ball. I guess Aaron Hardy too um, has been bowling very well. So, uh, yeah, no, that'll be, that'll be a good contest. I'm looking forward to it. Josh Inglis as captain as well. He hasn't been able to play too much cricket lately, being in Australian squads all around the world, but he gets his crack as captain for that particular fixture. Now let's look ahead to the WBBL finals, of course, if you want. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. The most in-depth preview of the WBBL finals, which kick off on Wednesday between the Heat and the Canes. Check out the Scoop podcast, which is another Cricket Australia run podcast. LJ and M take you through everything you need to know ahead of the final three matches of the season. But we've been keeping a close eye on the WBBL as well. And while the Sixers look hard to beat... I don't reckon you can write off the heat. No, you can never write off uh, that a team with so many match winners in its 11. I think um, they'll be, yeah, it just takes one player to have a day out, doesn't it? And um, they've certainly got a few capable of that. We've seen Danny Wyatt just hit form. I know Georgia Redmayne's coming back into that 11. So, yeah, it's a strong 11 for the heat. Um, I'm tipping them to win that game against the Canes tonight. However, the Sixers, obviously, they finished on top. They finally got things to click under new coach Charlotte Edwards. It's been three seasons leading into this one of disappointment. Such a star-studded squad, the likes of Perry and Healy and Burns. And, I mean, the list goes on. This year they've added Susie Bates and Sophie Eccleston. So they're going to be really tough to beat. But they don't actually play until... The, until Saturday, which is the 26th. They've qualified immediately for the final. The winner of the Heat and the Canes will play the Strikers in the Challenger on Thursday, November 24. And we are also big fans of the Strikers. They've got some serious match winners. The leading wicket taker this year is Megan Shoot. She's got 23. Talia McGrath is a match winner. She's their captain. And Darcy Brown, well, it's always exciting when Darcy Brown's running in. Yeah, they're, they're a red-hot side at the moment, the Strikers. And, I mean, just looking at their top four, you've got Katie Mack, Laura Wolver, Tali McGrath and Deandra Dotton. That's, that's got to be up there as, as good as it gets in, in the WBBL and probably in, in women's cricket in general for a T20. Um, some absolute match winners there. They'll be um, very hard to stop uh, whoever, whoever they're playing, whether it's the Heat or the Canes. And then, um, yeah, we, we were talking about the Sixers earlier. Josh, one player you didn't mention was Ash Gardner, who's had had a superb um, series as well. So, yeah, some superstar players in the next few days. It's going to be great to um, to watch that final series unfold. Well, you mentioned the South African Laura Wolfart. She's the player that I enjoy watching the most. She's got the maybe the most easy on the eye technique out of anyone in the WBL. Maybe in world cricket, those cover drives, those straight drives. Yeah, she's a star. I think she's got. Good runs in the 100 as well. She's been super consistent. Um, a good signing for the strikers. We've just seen her get better and better in recent years. Um, so I think they had a, a bit of heartbreak last year, the strikers. That's probably driving them pretty hard. I, I think they're going to be tough to beat come finals time um, against this, if, if they do make it into the, the big one against the Sixers. Mm. So are we riding off the Canes? I know we've got a lot of Hurricane supporters who listen to the Unplayable podcast. Are we completely riding them off for this year? Writing them off. <laughs> no, no, look, anything can happen. As we said, uh, it just takes one, uh, one player to have a day out. Uh, but I'll stick with the heat tonight. Very good. There you go. Okay, that is WBBL finals. You can catch all that action, of course, on Channel 7, Foxtel, KO Sports and 
it will also be radio streamed on ABC. So if that's your preferred method of consumption, that's the WBBL. Now we've also had over the last couple of days a very exciting Australia squad, uh, Australian women's squad that should be, to travel to India in five T20Is, which will be an interesting precursor to the T20 World Cup early next year. Some fresh faces, which we haven't seen a lot of in these squads over the past. It's been such a settled squad, but with no Meg Lanning, a new captain, and a couple of fresh faces who get a great opportunity to make their name here, AB. Yeah, they sure do. They'll be doing so under the leadership of Elisa Healy, who I think is is a real natural leader. I, I love that she's been given the opportunity to captain the Aussies in Meg Lanning's absence, whether it's short-term or long-term, who knows. But um, Healy, what a fantastic candidate to um, fill her boots. And uh, I think she'll be a really good leader. We've seen um, Kim Garth come in, which is a, a name people might be less familiar with. Uh, obviously, hasn't been part of the... Aussie setup, but has been interestingly part of the Irish setup in the past. Um, her story is a terrific one. There's a good story there from Laura Jolly on cricket.com.au you can read. And uh, another one who I really enjoy watching in, in the bash is um, Phoebe Litchfield, who comes in. She's been there and thereabouts with the Aussies uh, for a little while now. She's still very young, uh, but she's got talent written all over her. Yeah, they've both had sensational WBBLs and they've been rewarded. Anyone who's watched the Stars in action will know that Garth is just a sensational new ball bowler. She gets it to swing, mostly outswing to the right-hander, but has bowled some absolute unplayable deliveries in the past. And Phoebe Litchfield, who seems like has been on the scene for quite a while, is still so young and now gets her first crack in an Aussie squad. Super exciting for her and I can see her scoring a lot of runs in international cricket in the future. Yeah, agreed, Josh. I think she uh, is a class player. Um, I think another season or two in the WNCL where she's learning to con- construct an innings over 50 overs um, will hold her in really good stead for, um, as you say, a, a long international career. She she um, seems a perfect long-term replacement potentially for the likes of Rachel Haynes. Just on Phoebe, before we move on from that, she did a couple of weeks ago, she jumped on the Scoop podcast and spoke about scoring her maiden century for New South Wales. Really good chat with her. She was um, a bit sheepish about her celebration that sort of went wrong, but definitely check that out, the Scoop podcast for Phoebe Litchfield. AB, we'll just finish off with a bit of Shield chat. I know you're a massive fan of the Marsh Sheffield Shield. Uh, Joe Burns playing in his 100th match for Queensland in this current round and you actually spoke to Joe during the week. I did. Always a uh, interesting chat, Joe. Uh, he's, he's good fun and a lovely guy and um, he was he was pumped to be playing his 100th. I think he saw it as a real honour um, to be joining about a dozen or so other Queenslanders, which is quite a few actually to have played 100 Shield matches. Um, he made 85 and was very cruelly run out, wasn't he? Uh, just short of that 100, which would have been a nice uh, way to mark the occasion. Um, but yeah, he was reflecting on on his career. There's no finish line just yet for for Joe Burns, who will um, he'll uh, line up with the stars in the Big Bash in the next few weeks as well. And um, yeah, he's always always an entertaining chat. It's going to be an interesting next few weeks of the Shield, which will wrap up as BBL starts. But as we look in the early stages of this season, Western Australia again look like the team to beat, don't they? They obviously won that breakthrough drought-breaking title last year. Um, can you see anybody matching WA in the Shield this year, AB? 
Yeah, they, I agree. They're the team to beat. I still think um, Queensland at full strength have, have got a very good side. I mean, obviously New South Wales at full strength have got a good side, but they're not going to have much access to that full strength 11, I don't think. So, yeah, WA are probably the standouts at the moment. Um, they've got such depth at the moment. And they seem to keep producing good players, don't they? Like really good young players, Teague Wiley and young Fanning, Hardy, we've seen really come on and... Um, depth doesn't seem to be an issue for them. So maybe that winning the Shield last year and, and well, winning many trophies last year um, is just what they needed to to start really um, dominating domestic cricket. And, of course, they've also got a pretty experienced campaigner in Sean Marsh to come back into that lineup as well, given he's just been managing with a little niggle to start this year, but he's looking for back-to-back titles to maybe finish off what would be a... Stellar career, Sean Marsh. Yeah, he um, just keeps going, doesn't he? I, I mentioned all the young players, but um, I think Sean Marsh played with some of their dads, so <laughs> that's how long he's been around. But uh, an absolute stalwart for WA cricket. Uh, obviously, Mitch is still there as well. It'll be um, strange when the day does come that there is no Marsh in, um, in that WA setup, but won't be for a little while yet. Hey, B, thanks for joining us on the Unplayable Podcast. What's on for your week as we head into the first test? been a pleasure josh i'm looking forward to this pm's 11 game um enjoy some day night pink ball cricket and uh as we look forward to next week's test as well in perth which the west indies out for the first time in a while so it's going to be good fun thanks again for listening this has been the unplayable podcast and we'll catch you on the next episode you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.